0: last week. This is part two, and part two of let's test ourselves. Now, my job is not to test you. Your job is not to test me. I'm supposed to test Roger, and you test yourself. So the test is this. Roger, do you shine for Jesus? Roger, do you talk like Jesus? Roger, do you walk like Jesus? Roger, do you act like Jesus? Now, you asked that question of yourself. That was last week, talking about let's shine for Jesus. So today we come to 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Last week we saw these two verses. We're going to catch verse 7 and 8, but let's start in verse 5. Roger. Test yourself. So Paul's talking to the church at Corinth, he's talking to Christians. Test yourselves, you Christians, to see if you are in the faith. So apparently Christians can be ornery, Christians can have problems. I don't know if you've ever lied or slandered, but Paul is facing a lot of Christians that are lying and slandering against him. So he's saying, he's challenging them. Come on, test yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Why? Because Christians should not slander and lie. Examine yourselves. Do you not recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you? Wow. Unless indeed you fail the test. But I trust that you'll realize that we ourselves do not fail the test. Now, Paul is saying, he's saying, I'm a Christian, I truly follow Jesus. Paul says, I've examined myself and I passed the test. So friends, the question is, Paul's posing to these Christians, do you pass the test? So look at verse 7, says this, Paul boldly says this, now we pray to God that you Christians in the church at Corinth, application, you Pastor Roger, application, you Christians at FBC, You do no wrong. Not that we ourselves may appear approved. Not that Paul's saying that it makes me look good when you don't do anything wrong. That you may do what is right even though we may appear unapproved. In other words, you do the right thing even if you think I, the Apostle Paul, is wrong. So friends, to be like Jesus, to look like Jesus... Paul is simply stepping right up in their face and saying, don't, don't make mistakes. Don't sin. Do no wrong. Only do what is right. This is a in-your-face test that these Christians are being addressed to. So it's a high bar. I, my guess is a lot of you are sitting there saying, this is crazy. This is a really high bar. Follow only Jesus. Do no wrong. Look at verse 8. For we can do nothing against the truth, Paul's saying, we, the people on his team, we believe we're following Jesus, we've tested ourselves, we only advance the truth. Now verse 9 is going to be next Sunday. For we rejoice when we ourselves are weak, but you're strong. If you think we're no good, that's okay, as long as it helps you. This we also pray for. Roger, that you be made complete. Now, connect the dots in these verses. Be made complete. The goal is look like, act like Jesus. Do no wrong. Is this possible? This is what Paul is talking about the second part of the test. Is this possible to be made complete and do no wrong and shine and look like Jesus? Well, let's go back to verse 4. For indeed, Jesus was crucified because of weakness. All right, Jesus himself was crucified because of the sinfulness of mankind. He took it on, but even Jesus could not stop the crucifixion as a human being, all right? Yet Jesus lives because of the power of God, for we also are weak in him. When you become a Christian, you're in the love of Jesus, but you're still human. You're still weak in him. And then he says, yet we will live with him because of the power of God directed towards you. Friends, this verse is saying Christians need the help of God to be like Jesus. Just as Jesus was raised from the grave by the power of God, if you want to do no wrong, you're going to have to understand you're going to need the power of God. That's what it's saying. Look at verse four again. We are weak in him, yet we will live with him because of the power of God directed towards you. So friends, listen to me. The power of God for a Christian is a big deal. You become a Christian by the power of God, not by your own power. So how do we live with Jesus and do no wrong? Listen to me. It is by the power of God. To do no wrong, you must have, Use God to help you. If you're having a failed marriage, if things are not going well with your family, your family, your marriage needs the power of God. If your mental health is not going well, you need the power of God. If anxiety is setting in, Paul is gently saying, you need the power of God. Now, the question is, to do no wrong, I need God's help, how do I get God's help? How do I get the power of God? That's what we're all really searching for. Well, look how Paul starts off verse 7. He says this, Now we, now we pray to God that you do no wrong. Can I suggest to you today, pray? Can I suggest to you today, we pray? Do you have a group of people praying for you, specifically you? Do you, are you and a group of people praying for others? Is prayer a big deal for you? Now, don't yawn. Please. There are five test questions, and the payoff is unbelievable. Number one, I pray to God. That's what Paul is saying. Paul understands the power of prayer. Paul is saying, I pray, and Paul is saying, there's a group of us that prays for these Christians that have deficiencies. Verse 7, now we pray to God that you do no wrong. So friends, can I gently nudge you? You need the power of God not to fail. The, the goal here, friends, is not to be 10% like Jesus, The goal is not to be 30% like Jesus. The goal is not to be 50% like Jesus. The goal is to be made complete 100% like Jesus. So Paul starts off saying, in order for you to do no wrong, he says, we're praying for you. So listen, I pray to God. What does that mean? It means Paul is saying, I talk to God. We're living in a world where everybody is very, very busy. So can I just nudge you? Do you plan to talk to God? Just think about it. Yesterday, did you plan to talk to God? Today, do you plan to talk to God? Paul is boldly saying, we pray for you. Question, do you plan to talk to God tomorrow? Friends, thousands of good things... But if you're not planning to talk to God, my, my, my guesses are it'll probably be spontaneous and hit and miss. Let me push a little bit more on this prayer topic here. Where in the Bible did the word pray first occur? Trivia question. Where and who was the first to use the word pray in the Bible? So those of you that have your sermon notes, you know what the answer is, right? It's Genesis chapter 20, verse 7. Look on the screen. It says this, now God is talking. Now therefore, restore the man's wife, that would be Sarah, for he, Sarah's husband, Abraham, is a prophet, and Abraham will pray for you. God is talking to a bad king, an evil king. Abraham will pray for you if you restore Sarah, and you will live. But if you do not restore Sarah, know that you shall surely die, you and all of yours. So friends, listen, if that's the very first time the word pray is used, yes, Adam and Eve talked with God. But God himself uses this powerful word, prayer, and prayer here is great advice to a bad king that helps a bad king save his own life. So I'm gently nudging you. Do you understand the power of prayer? A lot of us are going through life, and friends, we're just really busy at work. We're busy with family. We're busy with our hobbies. Not praying is a big mistake. Praying is a smart move, one person said this, prayer is the means by which we receive supernatural help from God. God has ordained grace to flow, but you, he's simply saying, come on, pray. So do you plan to pray? I don't know. If no, then you probably won't. Pray is necessary. Uh, two weeks ago, someone from the congregation reached out to me and said, would you pray? And I said, yes. My wife and I went to a millennial, a home of a millennial couple. Uh, she has cancer, and the family is just simply uh, in, in great dysfunction. There's huge financial challenges, and all they asked of us was that we would pray I can't promise friends that by prayer supernaturally that she's going to be healed, but I can tell you that the Bible says that we are to pray for each other. So I'm gently asking you, pray. Pray for this couple. One day you're going to perhaps face a very difficult challenge and you're going to want a group to pray for you. Can I suggest to you number two, I pray because I am weak, that's what Paul is saying in verse 4. For indeed he was crucified because of weakness, yet he lives because of the power of God. For we also are weak in him. People are wounded. People are broken. I understand that life is difficult. The question is, do you understand, write this down, that you need God? We, we live, friends, in a world that, frankly, God seems to be omitted everywhere we go. Can you live... One day without the power of God being expressed in your life, write this down. You need Jesus. When you fail, when you mess up, ask Jesus to forgive you. You need Jesus. Write this down. You need the power of God. Prayer is your way of admitting that you need God. So many of us are not really taking the time to pray. Uh I want to say thank you to the congregation that regularly says to me, I'm praying for you. Would you please keep it up? Would you please go to each other and say, how can I pray for you? And then would you plan to do that? 2 Corinthians 13, 7, Paul comes right out and says, now we pray to God. One person put it this way, friends. Christianity is not primarily about rules. It is a relationship. Prayer is a key vehicle to building my love relationship with Jesus Christ. I have to learn to allow Jesus to embrace me, to care for me, to point out my needs to me. I need to listen to him, and I desperately need to talk to him. Men, are you talking to Jesus? Are you planning, ladies, to pray to God? Somewhere in life's journey, we get so crazy busy that we miss it. Are you weak? Can you admit it? Can you let God know that you need help doing A, B, C, and D? May I suggest to you number three, I pray for others. That's what Paul is saying in verse seven. Can I encourage you to pray for Teresa? You don't know her. She's homeless and attends this church occasionally. Teresa has asked this congregation publicly to pray for her. Would you put her name down and pray for her? Can I ask you to pray for Robert Smith Sr. and Robert Smith Jr.? Robert Smith Sr., his mom at the age of 99, died just a few weeks ago, and the family is grieving. Can I ask you to pray for Rita Oslin, who just lost her her brother in Tucson, a Christian? Can you pray for for Rita and that family? Can you pray for Paul and Laura? They will soon get married. How about that millennial young wife with cancer? Can you pray for her? And can you pray for Laura Brynn and the loss of her sister Carol this morning? Can you imagine on a Sunday morning dealing with the loss of a loved one? Some of you can imagine that, some of you cannot. Friends, when Paul says, now we pray to God, he's serious. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 44, I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Do you? Jesus said this in Luke six twenty eight. bless those who curse you. Roger, pray for those who mistreat you. Friends, if you're struggling with resentment and bitterness because of what somebody else did to you, pray for that person. Remember James 5:16. Therefore, Roger, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Can I ask you to plan to pray every week or every day for Erica? Can you pray continually for Spike as he recovers, for Joe Keeling as he recovers with the prostate surgery? Can you pray for Becky who asked us to pray for her a while back to ask the God to provide a job and he did provide a job? Can you pray for the Webb family as they prepare in another week or two to go back to Papua New Guinea as missionaries? And can we say thank you to a man named Bob who has chosen to pray for church leaders in this church on a regular basis? Can you pray and thank God for the many people that pray for people with cancer in our church? We have a cancer prayer group that prays for people that have cancer. Thank God for the people that are praying for the people who have cancer. Can you plan to pray? One person said this. I can talk to God in my living room. I can talk to God in my office. I can talk to God in church. He's the same God who reaches into families in Nepal, into Arabia, into the Kremlin, into their homes. I participate with God throughout the world in accomplishing His prayers, accomplishing His work through my prayers. It matters not what type of talents or personality or jobs that you have. It only matters that you take the time to cooperate with him. People are in need, and I pray to him. Today, if I will pray, I can spend 15 minutes behind the Kremlin walls, influencing them for God and for good. Today, I can spend 20 minutes touching the entrenched Muslim minds of the mullahs of South Arabia or the Aztec Buddhist monks of Nepal. Today, I can pray against pornography and rape and incest and child abuse in the far-flung towns in this country. This person says, every one of us can participate in God's healing power medically and miraculously around the earth. Every one of us can put up our hands and stop the forces of the moral decay that threatens to engulf the depths of the human spirit. Pray. Pray because we're weak. My question to you is, do you pray for people who slander you? Bible says pray. Do you know your enemies need your prayers? That's what Jesus says. James chapter one, verse five is pretty amazing. It says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. May I suggest to you, number four, when you pray, pray for others, but do not be self-centered. It's not about you. So don't try to accomplish something that you want. Pray that, for the will of God, for what God wants. James 4, three says, You ask, Roger, and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your selfish pleasures my insertion selfish second corinthians 13:7 says now we pray to god these are christians that rejected the apostle paul but paul comes right back at them and says i'm going to pray for you i'm going to pray that god blesses you second corinthians 13:8 says for we can do nothing against the truth that's pretty amazing Paul prayed with no selfish motives. I'm asking you, pray for the will of God to be done in that family, that marriage, that life. Don't worry about what God may or may not do. Just pray. One of the popular verses in the Old Testament is 2 Chronicles 7.13. If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or if I command the locust to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. Verse 14 says, And my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Christian here today is, If your life is filled with dysfunction, you need the power of God, just like I do. Pray. One person said the chief purpose of prayer is to get our wills unbiased. The purpose is not to give us an ethereal sense of comfort. We pray to God about his will, knowing that we are already leaning in a certain direction to what we want, but we really only want what God wants. We really don't want what we want because God knows what's best. Can I suggest to you number five in closing? I pray for others to do right, not wrong. That's what Paul's saying in verse seven. These Christians are in complete meltdown and he has the courage and the grace to say, I'm praying for you. One person said this, we ask God first to help our wills move back to do whatever is his will. Once we arrive there, he shows us through our minds why his will is better than our will. There is a, the Lord's Prayer that probably some of you memorized as a child. Look up here on the screen, would you? It says this, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Paul boldly says, come on, Roger, do no wrong. And I will pray for you. It's an amazing combination. Every one of us struggles with our own Self centered weaknesses and challenges, pray, pray, pray. Bow your heads, please. God, I thank you for a reminder that I don't pray enough. I don't pray enough recognizing that I'm weak. I don't pray enough recognizing that other people are weak. God, teach me again and again the power of prayer. With every head bowed, can I pray for you? If I can pray for you, I don't need to know what to pray for. Yes, you can email me. My email address is on the sermon notes and you can... Email me whenever, wherever, and I'll pray. But can I pray for you today? If so, just lift up a hand, Pastor, pray for me. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. With every head bowed, this Jesus is real. Crucified, buried, and resurrected. This is not a myth. This is not make-believe. He's real. And he invites you to receive him, to believe in him, to trust him. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you believe what the Bible says about Jesus? If you've never had that private talk with God about Jesus as your Savior, would you do so right now? Something like this, just you and God talk privately. God, I'm weak. And God, in many ways, I'm a mess. I'm a sinner. I have failed you and I have failed others. And I ask you to forgive me. I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Today, on this Memorial Day weekend, I receive you as my Savior by faith and by grace. I'm talking to you, God, right now. Thank you for forgiving me. I believe. I believe Jesus Christ is who he says he is. With every head bowed, if you shared that talk with God just now, would you signal to me? Just lift up the hand once. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate that. God, around the age of 12, I remember that prayer personally. And then even earlier in my life, I remember that prayer God, may you put your love around each person that says they had that talk with you. Would you bless them? Not all of their problems will disappear. And would you remind them to pray? God, teach us all to pray. Pray regularly. And to understand that prayer is the key to following, to shining, to looking, to acting like Jesus. The power of God is somehow is, unrele- is released. God, I give you the praise for this weekend. Thank you for Erica being here. Thank you for Ryan and Shelby as they prepare to go back to Papua New Guinea. Put your arms around Laura, Brennan, family. God, there are other people in this room right now that need your love they need your power. I ask that you would provide for them in ways that they can't understand. And God, thank you for the many, many that put on a, an American's uniform and gave the ultimate price. Teach us what sacrifice is all about a little bit more by following their example. God, we give you the praise. We say thank you. All God's people said, amen. amen you <smart noise>